You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Mead Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley. This episode, we're going to try to make it quick. This is simply just Survivor Series War Games predictions. Now, why are we going to keep it quick? Because I'm going to be honest. I've been going back and forth all day on whether or not really all week, on whether or not I really wanted to make a podcast episode on this pay-per-view, premiere live event, whatever the hell you want to call it. I personally do not feel like the build-up to this has been good. Outside of the men's war games match and part of the women's war games match, I don't feel like the other matches mean anything or that they've been built quite well. I feel like going into this, like I literally feel like none of this matters outside of the men's war games match. Now, I'm sure this thing will deliver, but this goes back to, um, this goes back to the fact that Triple H is very good. If you go back to NXT black and gold. He was very good at booking and, and making exciting premiere live event, pay-per-view takeover events. But when it came to the weekly product, it's the reason I stopped watching NXT weekly, right, during the black and gold era. Outside of it, you know, for the most part, it was on the WWE Network, but even the episodes I did watch, they were slow, they were boring, and it didn't really like the the weekly episodes really didn't want make me want to watch takeover but I knew takeover would be good because takeovers were always good right and so I have this feeling that that's sort of how a triple h ran main car main roster is going to be the weekly shows are going to be boredom and and just <coughs> excuse me just uh and then we're going to get to the premiere live events, and they're going to be great shows. But I don't think you can build consistent audience of casual fans. Remember, we're thinking from the casual perspective. I'm not the only one. In fact, the bigger one, the guy I like to to listen to and who's really the voice of the casual fans is Notorious Nerdy D. Go check out his uh, YouTube um, the casual wrestling community. He does week. He does daily episodes Monday through Thursday. I think he does a daily news show as well on Friday as well. I don't exactly know. And then he does with his wife like his week wrap up on Fridays as well. And he's the guy I listen to. And he said something earlier. Casual doesn't. He said something earlier this week. 
casual doesn't mean I only watch like one show a week or right. Casual isn't in terms of how much I watch. Oh, I watch wrestling, you know, one night a week, maybe once a month. Casual is the, the perception on a, how you view the product, that it is just a show. That at the end of the show, life goes on, and what happens, you know, necessarily doesn't matter. And so I'm not going to look at these matches as if, like, they mean something in the grand scheme of things. And I really only watch for the story. And so when it comes to this pay-per-view in the build, there's no story to it. Like, what's the story between Shotzi and, and Ronda? That Shotzi won a tournament, and now she gets a... like, but, but there's no build to why Shotzi would even care enough other than she wants the title. But that's not intrigued... To me, that's not intriguing storyline. Oh, because everyone wants the title. Why don't you just do a damn tournament every week? Right? Everyone wants the title. There's no build between Ronda and Shotzi. There's... Right... As long as we've been building the OC and and Judgment Day, you're going to end it on a one-on-one match? That's a little lame, if you ask me. Um, and then you got the, the United States Championship match, which I think is going to be a banger of a match. But a lot of it just doesn't, like, the story going into it, a lot of it just doesn't make sense. Right? Um, so we're going to give predictions, but I'm going to say, I'm not looking forward to this premiere live event. In terms of Survivor Series, like I'm glad they got away from like red versus blue and put everything together and gave us like we still have your traditional you know Survivor Series style matches but it and there are in war games, but it's really not red versus blue. It's really not Red versus blue, it's just two different teams, right? Um, <coughs> excuse me. And it really, what if you look at it, like the men's matches, like the SmackDown only stars for the most part. And then the women's matches have to, is traditionally your Raw stars. Which is why I feel the men's has been built a little bit better. Um, but we'll talk about that as we talk about these matches. So let's go ahead and get the obvious one out of the way. Shotzi versus Ronda. If Shotzi wins this match, I'm I, I'm going to be the most surprised motherfucker on the world, in the world. I do not see a chance where Shotzi wins this match. I would not book Shotzi to win. The, I love Shotzi, but it's not realistic. And my 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 problem whenever Ronda is here and when Ronda has the belt is it that belt just gets held hostage. Because no one in the WWE realistically can beat Ronda Rousey. That was my big issue with, like, like Liv could win because Liv had the briefcase. And so it made sense for her to win the title with the briefcase on, to, on an injured Ronda. But defending it against Ronda, she couldn't do it, right? And so now you're sort of at this point of, well, who can beat Ronda? Well, Shotzi's not going to beat Ronda. Shotzi couldn't beat Liv, right? Shotzi doesn't have a chance in hell to win this match. Like this, like the SmackDown <laughs> women's division is really missing that other piece, right? Ronda's okay. I don't think she's good on the mic. I really don't think she's good in the ring. 
I didn't think she needed to have a comeback. Um, <coughs> but, but, but we're missing that Charlotte Flair. And I know people don't like when Charlotte's there because she automatically goes to goes to the title picture. But there's no one really else there that can carry the women's division on SmackDown. Now, the rumor is, is Becky's going to be the, that person at Mania this year. If that's the case, fantastic. Becky Lynch fits. Becky Lynch can carry the division. But Ronda Rousey can't, right? Ronda Rousey cannot carry that division by herself. She needs someone like a Charlotte or a Becky. And I know people are like are, are like Sasha, so let's go ahead and talk about Sasha for a second. I don't think we need Sasha. I think, in fact, not having Sasha has proven that we don't need Sasha in this women's division. We don't like I think and I think Triple H and WWE recognize that. That they're not going to hesitate to let her go and to let her do her own thing because they really don't need Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks needs WWE more than WWE needs Sasha Banks. And as much as I would love for Sasha to come back tonight in Boston, that's what I've always thought was going to happen. As much as I would love for that to happen. We don't necessarily need Sasha. Now, if she comes back, that's a big bonus because you could throw her in that picture. In fact, I really don't want her to come back. I want Naomi to come back. Like, give it to me. Like, give it to you straight. I really thought that Judgment Day should have um, faced the bloodline and you needed that woman and you put Naomi. Now, Naomi is not like Rhea Ripley, but you put Naomi in there as a badass you know, she has the size and the athleticism. She's just never been taken serious. I believe it's because of the gimmick. She's always had that very kid-like gimmick. I believe Naomi could be a star if she does, like, a bloodline-like like thing, right? I honestly believe that could happen. And then had Sasha been by herself, not needing Naomi, right? Because everyone wants them to come back as a team. I want them both back. They both belong in WWE. I just don't think you need them, right? If they left, it wouldn't hurt as much as if, you know, Charlotte left. Like if Charlotte left WWE, you would feel that, right? If Becky left W, I just feel they're bigger stars than Sasha Banks is in, in the, in the wrestling world. Right, I feel like the fans are more around Bailey and Becky and Charlotte, especially Charlotte. Like if WWE lost Charlotte, you would like you could feel like we. I feel the void of Charlotte not being here. It just because outside of now, Bianca's done a very good job of carrying Raw with Bailey, but SmackDown, you don't have that other competitor who could really challenge for the title. Um, you have Ronda. Um, and she's with Shayna, so Shayna's not going to challenge. And then you have a bunch of, you know, Raquel, which hasn't been booked correctly. You have Aaliyah, which is hurt. You have Shotzi. You have Liv. None of which, you know, give, you know, legitimacy to that side of the division. Um, but well, I've spent way too much time on this. This is Ronda Rousey all day, every day. If I'm wrong, <laughs> I think I don't think I'm going to be the only one that's shocked. But I just don't, I literally, 
I can't say there's a 0% chance, but it's like a 0.00001% chance Shotzi wins this match. Moving forward, we'll talk about Finn Balor and AJ Styles. I could give two fucks about this match. It really irritates me that this is how they're going to end the feud. Now, they can they could justify this and sort of redeem themselves if they include sort of a New Japan crossover with the actual Bullet Club. Now, this is where I get into sort of Mark Statness. And um, I this is why I say, like, the true voice of the casual wrestling community is Nerdy D with the casual wrestling community on YouTube. Because I do kind of know a lot about... The Bullet Club. I love the Bullet Club until um, until Omega and the Elite sort of took over for it, and then I sort of got away from the Bullet Club, but and just really didn't care about it. But I I know who they are. You know, I can't tell you a single match that they've wrestled, but like I know who the Bullet Club are. Finn's let it. AJ's let it. I would love to see Jay White show up or um. Is it what Tama Tonga? I forgot his partner's name. Uh, Gorillas of, uh, I want to say Gorillas of Death, but I think it's actually Gorillas of, of, of Destiny. Um, I would love to see that sort of Japan crossover, um, with the Bullet Club. I think it's Gorillas of Destiny. Let me double check. Yeah, Tama Tonga and Tongaloa. And Hikulo, but I think Hikulo is working with, oh, no, 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 Hikulo is the dude that uh, Anderson was supposed to wrestle the day of the Saudi show that got canceled. Like, like there would be perfection right there. I, I, I'm going to say AJ wins. AJ hasn't won a pay-per-view event, singles match. Since, like, 2019. It's been three years. Give him his due. I don't think Finn needs the win. AJ wins, maybe with the help of uh, the OC. And then what if Tonga Tonga, Tama Tonga, Tamaloa, Tongaloa, whatever, and Hikolo show up? That just automatically sort of sets up this three-on-three match where Anderson could sort of work with New Japan still, maybe go to Wrestle Kingdom, maybe do, maybe they re- do Wrestle Kingdom, and then they do WrestleMania. Would that not just make, like, that would be great. And this is where I say, look, I don't watch New Japan, but I think that there are parts of New Japan that are good. Um, in the Bullet Club, Gorillas of Destiny, they're good. Um, Bullet Club is great. Jay White uh, is great. I think AJ wins. He needs the win. It would make more sense. And like I said, if they did that New Japan crossover, that would just work mm, on like on the money. Just great, wonderful. Um, that that to me that would be the only way they could really justify not having this be three on a three on three match. Um, and sort of redeem themselves. The other match outside of War Games matches are um, 
The triple threat for the United States Championship, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory. Theory, to me, is only in this match to take the pin. I think Seth is going to win. Either Brock comes out and destroys Bobby again, um, or Bobby gets in some other... I think Bobby and and Theory are going to be... um, the next feud, the rumors are that Brock is going to start a thing with Gunther going into Mania, which would be fucking fantastic. Um, I would love every single minute of that match. Um, so if that's the case, they're going to have to push off the last Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar match, and that'll probably happen at SummerSlam next year. Um, but... And so you could have Theory and, 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 and Lashley sort of battle each other. Why, why, like I'm not cons- I'm not convinced that Austin Theory's done suffering yet. And, and, and I don't think he's hit rock bottom. I think he's got a lot more to fall before he can rebuild. And I think there's going to be a great rebuild of Theory. But I just don't think he's done losing yet. And then eventually there's going to be that point where, okay, okay, now he's gaining momentum. But I think Seth wins this match. Um, where he heads, I don't know. Um, one of the next couple episodes within the next month or so, um, I'm going to do a book, the main event of WrestleMania from now through WrestleMania. And really what that means is book the bloodline through WrestleMania. Um, and, and eventually that's going to be uh, an episode that I do. Um, I'm working on sort of how I would book it. I want to have that 100% on paper before I actually come on and record it. Um, but yeah, Seth Rollins wins that match. Let's get uh, the two War Games matches. The women's. Let's start with the women's first. Now, here's the reason I think this isn't good. It isn't been booked well. You just threw a bunch of women together. Um, damage Control, Asuka, Be- Be- uh, Becky... Not Becky... Asuka, Alexa, and Bianca, those three-on-three make sense. Then you throw Rhea in the picture. Okay, that's wonderful. But then you throw in Mia Yim as, like, the person who's supposed to be the the control of, of Rhea. But none of that makes sense. Like, why would Rhea want to part? Like, but really it was the other way around. Because they already had four, right? They already had four, which was what? It was Bailey, Dakota, um, EO, and then they had, um, I forgot the fucking fifth person on their team. Good God Almighty, how do I forget? Oh, Nikki Cross. Duh. That's And again, that's how little I give a fuck about this. Nikki Cross. So you had... Nikki Cross, Bailey, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai already here. You add the fourth member of Mia Yim, Minchkin or whatever the hell they're calling her now. And so Rhea joins as the fifth member of Team Damage Control solely because Mia Yim joined. And then you you bring back Becky, which has <laughs> the only real reason Becky, you know, storyline mode is SummerSlam. The last time we saw her, Bailey came in and, and, and fought her. 
But that's not good booking. So, like, you just threw a bunch of women together. It's going to be a banger of a match. But storyline, what are we going to get out of it? Right? What are we going to get out of this storyline-wise? Ultimately, I think damage control, team damage control has to win with Rhea Ripley taking the the pin. Rhea Ripley has to take the win. And that's how you throw Rhea back in the women's division. Have her pin Bianca. And then have Rhea start joining the women's division again. Because she's sort of just out there in the middle of nowhere playing girlfriend to, <laughs> to Dominic. And... This would be a good way to that this would be the only like way I would be happy with this match is if Rhea got the win over Bianca and then you could sort of throw her in the title picture. Even though the rumor is Charlotte's going to be in the title picture, I would much rather have Charlotte come back to SmackDown and sort of be I don't want to say like Dolph Ziggler, but sort of be that sort of gatekeeper that gets newer stars over. She doesn't need to win the title again. But she can definitely play that role of having very good matches. That doesn't mean she loses all the time. But having very good matches that raise the bar and, and, and you know, when these new people start coming up from NXT, they have a match against Charlotte and they may lose the match. But Charlotte elevates them to that next level to where they can be in the... And this is where I would say you throw in that mid-card title, give it to Charlotte, and then who like, and that's where you sort of set the bar of if you can beat Charlotte, then you deserve this title. Um, and have her be like the standard bearer there to, to where she's not in the main picture, but she's helping develop younger superstars. Um, I don't want Charlotte versus... Bianca, I don't. I want Rhea versus Bianca. Now, that may happen at Royal Rumble. That may happen at the Royal Rumble. So that's exactly what I'm expecting to happen. Rhea pins Bianca going in the Royal Rumble. Now we have Bianca versus Rhea for the championship. And at some point in that build, Charlotte's going to come back. And it's probably going to be a triple threat, which makes more sense. Because Charlotte and Rhea, <laughs> excuse me, Charlotte and Rhea have history together. And so a triple threat works fine. As long as Charlotte's not like, right, triple threat works fine. That's going to be a banger of a match. But I still want Rhea to be champion. She deserves it, right? She deserves to be champion. Let's talk about this men's war games match. This is where I think they've done a very good job building story. Very good job. Um... You can have like four different storylines come out of here. I think that's I think the bloodline win. You can't have Roman Reigns get pinned. You can't have Roman Reigns get pinned in this match. Um, he hasn't been pinned for like forever, so you can't have him get pinned here. Roman Reigns is going to win this match, but I think at some point it's going to be where he's like three on one, and he's got to take down three members of the Brutes. Um, and, and I think leaving this match, you could have Sammy versus Kevin. Um, you could have the Brutes versus the Usos. And you could set up either Sheamus versus Solo or Sheamus versus Roman. Sheamus versus Roman at Royal Rumble would be a fucking banger. And Sheamus deserves at least a title match at this point. Um, 
Sheamus deserves at least some sort of title match at this point. Um, that does leave McIntyre out to dry a little bit. Um, but I don't think McIntyre and Cross are really finished. I think they're done for this PLE. And then they're going to finish at the Royal Rumble. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But, yeah, this is... This is hard to predict. I, I, I don't think it's that hard to predict. Because you can't have Roman lose. Um, but there's a part of me that believes like this is going to start the fall of the bloodline. In some way, shape, or form. Jimmy, not, not Jimmy, Jay and Sammy are going at some... Something's going to happen um, with Sammy and Jay that is going to cost them a member, if not two, right? Um, I just don't see any way Roman takes a pin here. Roman has to win. It wouldn't make sense to sort of end the Roman has it been pinned in so many fucking days on, on, on this match. You want him being pinned to mean something. <coughs> um... I really want to see a Sammy turn. That's really what I want to see. I think what we're going to come down to is Sammy's not going to be able to 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 beat up his friend Kevin Owens, and so he's going to hesitate, and that's where Kevin o- Kevin Owens is able to beat up Sammy Zayn, and that is the story we're going to get. Um, and and that's how Sammy gets eliminated. Um. Yeah, Bloodline wins this. I just don't see a way where they they don't win. It wouldn't make sense to me. Because um, that would involve Roman taking the pin. Or taking a pin. And I just don't think it's right. <laughs> this is the right match for Roman to take a pin in. Um, The only other thing we could really talk about is, is Bray Wyatt going to show up? I'm done with this fucking, I'm going to do a promo. And then the, the little mask guy is going to show up and... And here's some numbers. Call this phone number, and we're gonna give you some more crypto. Give me some fucking answers at this point. Like you were doing well with the interaction with with finally maybe getting you, but but nothing's came out of it. And I just I'm tired of the cryptic shit. I'm tired of having the search for shit. I don't have time for that. I right. Imagine if every time you watched your favorite show they gave you some cryptic shit and then wanted you to spend your entire week thinking about this cryptic shit like you need to start giving some answers right and and i mean we've we literally had an entire like month and a half two months of build-up before you showed up you showed up and now we've had like a month and a half two months of you just doing promos every week and nothing coming out of it I don't know. Is he going to show up tonight? Does Is a match going to happen? Five match seems kind of small of a card. But I think it's going to be a decent show. I don't th- I'm not expecting like a B or an A show. I'm thinking about a C, maybe a B minus type show. Um, but still, I'm expecting some bangers. It's not like these are going to be bad. I just... It's not the best build, and I don't see like anything like surprising happening tonight. Um, 
unless like Bullet Club shows up or something good happens. That's what I want. Um, but this is another episode. Thank y'all for listening to the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Um, and I will see you on the next episode.